0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
1: Fall Guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at it PG 13.
2: It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host, Neil Pickup, and it is on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to World Arm Wrestling League this week. I hope you're all well and thanks for tuning in to the show. I'm Neil Pickup and I'll be with you throughout tonight's episode and it's going to be a cracker. Three different guests from three different countries across two weight classes. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Bowen, Ryan Espy and Rob Viggen Jr. are tonight's guests. Let's do this thing. Okay guys, welcome to the show. Let me introduce who we've got on today's episode. We had a bit of a Ryan off. We've got Ryan Bowen from Australia, now based in the USA, trying to keep awake. Ryan, how are you doing? Yeah,
0: very well. I don't know what's going on with the time zones. It's, it's all it's all blur to me right now. I have no
2: idea. And from the opposite end of the spectrum, the other side of the border, up in the frozen north of Canada we got Ryan Espy. Ryan, how are you doing, mate? I'm
3: great, Neil. How are you doing?
2: You sound more relaxed. You sound good. And looking at your little avatar there. You look very polished with your nicely trimmed dirty beard and the suit on. In fact, I'm going to say you're the smartest member of the three people that I've got on here today. Why, Last... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Last but not least, he's shrouded in mystery and his avatar is nothing but it just say RV, which only leaves one letter missing. And it's Jay, Rob Vigent Jr., back in the mother fluffing house. How are you doing, mate? Uh, Good. About four coffees deep and ready to rock. Well, you know, I'm going to let you into a secret. I like to think that one of my strengths... uh, And I say I like to think, because it definitely isn't one of my strengths, but I like to think one of my strengths is organisation skills. So for the purpose of this, let's just have a quick whip round of the three of you. How much notice were you individually given for this podcast? 17 not- minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I got about I think I got about 10, 15, 15 minutes maybe. So, I, probably had,
0: I probably had the most. I was, I was literally taking a shit and I got given a 20 minute warning. So.
2: <laughs> I wasn't there when he was doing that. <laughs> just let's clear that up. But I just thought to myself, well, you know what? Sometimes you can just feel that something's ready to pop off. And uh, there was a little bit of abuse online and conversation online between the ninja and chance and i know we're going to get into that in a little while it's not all world arm wrestling league specific but uh we'll start with that actually because i know rob and ryan will both uh, i we'll call we'll call uh we'll call ryan espy okay for now i'll probably forget to do that but we'll start with espy because i know but when you're a little bit tired as it stands right now when did you actually get in mate have you had one night's kip?
0: I well, I pretended to sleep last night. I think I got about two hours. I don't know, and then I was awake for the forty-eight hours prior to that. So, it's a,
2: it's like I said, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on right right now. Well, you you you've been trying to prop it up with the coffees this morning and just keep your head above water. Yeah, I was the first one, and I
0: helped this morning and yeah, held that held that place down.
2: Well, you know, I did give you the tip on the wobbly eggs. Uh if you wanted to sort of level it off a little bit, you just get Chance Shaw hooked on that stuff next couple of days, mate. Believe me, you'll both go into there hallucinating rough as hell. You'll be brave, you'll do anything. But it'll yeah. definitely pull that playing field. So Wait. keep that in your back pocket for now. That one's for free. Yeah, right, yeah. And Chance Shaw is your is your sort of um is the reason you've gone over to Florida. Now, I think it's fair to say, and Ryan Espy and Rob Bidget Jr., feel free to chime in at any point here as we go through this. But I think the last time that anybody was given less chance of a win in an arm wrestling match was probably Rob Bidget Jr. against anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a tall order, man. I mean,
3: the chance is a bona fide heavyweight. He's one of the most underrated guys in the United States. And, uh, Bowen, I feel for you, buddy. I think it's going to be a long day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell you what, Ryan. <laughs> you just got flying in, son. <laughs> Rob, have you got any, any build on that at
1: all? Yeah, I mean, Paul Lynn, I've been off social media, and I'm probably going to be dipping off for a bit, so I don't really know what's going on. I know uh, Paul Lynn posted a video, and I kind of talked on how I felt about this match, and I, I do see uh, where Ryan could uh, cause a problem in this match, and I could see where he could even win it, but it's going to start off uh, rough, but that's only based on what we're assuming each guy is at. We don't really know, which is the beauty of these encounters, because I can go on a laundry list of uh, matches that were heavily. I even think of Jerry Cataret and Matt mask. I think Jerry Cataret was somewhere like 84 to 16 in Matt masks favor for percentage of polling. And uh, that was a, that could have been a more wrong prediction. Um, so predictions and favourites are, you know, they're silly uh, sometimes.
2: I mean... Well, let's be honest there, Rob. I think that that, that um, the poll that you're referring to within the World Arm Wrestling League was largely based on popularity and on the fact that a lot of people new mask and this time the poll's heavily against ryan who's definitely got you know a greater social media presence at least until uh chances tommy bahama sponsorship gets publicized So
1: well you know people people will weigh in based on uh they'll 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 do apples and oranges you know you you're gonna base a guy like ryan based on uh a tournament result and he's not going against the guys in those tournaments it's a different day and everything and it's not a super match format that he did well and somebody having a, a bad day a to tournament doesn't mean it's going to carry and follow them forever uh you know when i got into the wal uh super series two years ago i was coming off a bad year or so where i wasn't doing so hot either so i mean i think people got a chance to turn it around I, I, I see an opportunity that he could have to do well and shock people, uh, but at face value, yeah, I mean, Chance is the favorite at face value. He is a true heavyweight and uh, he is doing well. But I don't uh, put it this way: if if somebody if, if somebody told me that Ryan pulled that out, I wouldn't be shocked about it. Hey well, Ryan, wouldn't, I, wouldn't... I
2: hope you're listening here, Blue. This is yeah, this,
1: no. You thought this guy didn't like you. Yeah, no,
0: no, nice to nice to hear a bit of that from Rob. But um, honestly, like the, the match, the match for me is um, it's it's a big opportunity. I know that I know that Chance is is one of those prodigies. I think for, I was just talking with Brandon Morris last night, who picked me up from the airport, and hearing about the history of Chance, starting from 14 years old and moving up in Florida, and very quickly becoming one of the guys in the state. And and I think a lot of people, a lot of people paint. Paint Chance in a lot the similar light that Rob's been painted as one of those genetic freaks that just has the world there if he wants it and uh, hasn't yet done it, but one of those guys that has the potential to do it if he does ever ever put his foot on the accelerator properly. So for me, it's a big opportunity, and it, it, it's it, it's always nice going into matches when there's very little pressure on you from. The arm wrestling community and 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 I feel like that I just I'm going to this match with with for me all of the advantages in 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 the psychology the pressures on chance even the way that he's expressed he's built up into the match he thinks he's gonna win six and0 really comfortably to me he's painting himself into a corner with with pressure and I, I I love that that scenario I mean that's that's the the best scenario I could possibly be in. so I've got a great strategy for him and, and I think that I think that there's there's cracks there that can be exploited, so I can't wait.
2: Well, I'm just going to pick up on something you said there. If Chance has painted himself into a corner, he better better be in a opium house, because I'll tell you what. Otherwise, he's going to stand out big time. I don't know many rooms that have that kind of that kind of pattern. What about you, I B.? I don't think they do that in Canada, do they? Bright colours. It's not the thing. It's like.
3: <clears throat> well, you'd be surprised how much you see, and it uh, stands out against the snow, so it's very, uh, more of a survival <laughs> tactic.
2: <laughs> well, let, let's, let's pick up with, uh, with with Ryan Espy a second, because obviously um, there's another interesting angle here, isn't there? That I know on your show, on the Arm Crossfire, if you haven't checked that out, guys, get on and check it out. Have a look at that. Ryan runs that show. Obviously, um, you guys will levy criticism and levy opinion and devil's advocate things there, and you've got different characters on. But one of the things that has been mentioned a couple of times on the shows that I've caught has been that some of the WAL athletes, the roster athletes, are not as... They don't get out there as much. They don't pull as often. You don't see them pulling main draw tournaments. I understand that. Now, in this instance, Ryan, you're a WALK roster athlete. You've popped up recently at the Zloty Tour. Uh, I'm sure if you can't remember what happened there, that Rob will remind you. Uh, and he's written three books on that. <laughs> and uh they're available on most social media platforms but in this instance Ryan, obviously um blue stepping out of his comfort zone here and he's going over to florida he's not in the world arm wrestling league he's he's on a beach so do you see that as a positive thing mate do you think that's commendable or do you think it represents a big risk for for the the wall roster
3: i think it's actually a risk-free move um ryan said it himself he's going over there he's He's a heavy underdog, so he's expected to kind of lose that match. I don't think his stock goes down much if he does lose that match. And even in looking good in defeat, I think his stock will go up overall. And um, the difference is, when we talk about WA athletes, so if RVJ, for example, would go up against a super heavyweight, a bona fide super heavyweight outside of the league, and gets beat. Well, it's not that big of a deal, but when you got guys like Matt mask or whoever, that compete outside of the WAL against guys in their own class that aren't in the WAL. It hurts them a lot more with the loss.
2: Mm -hmm. Now talk to me about, um, about the guy you just mentioned there, obviously, right. Matt mask, a guy that did exactly what we're talking about. Mask went to pull in a main draw tournament, um, put it on the block And he actually suffered a couple of losses that day. I think he lost to Passmore, uh, and he also lost to Wayne Withers. And uh,
3: I think he took a loss to Ron Bath as well, who is historically Matt has uh, kind of moved ahead of, if you can say it that way.
2: Now, I would take that as less of a concern from Matt's perspective, because for me personally, I still consider Ron Bath arm wrestling royalty and very much part of the World Arm Wrestling League roster. I mean, if anybody said, oh well, yeah, you know, he's been... Uh, I mean, Ron, I don't think he's ever beaten Ron previously, even in the World Arm Wrestling League encounters. Ron's a bad man.
3: Yeah, I absolutely agree, but I think the perception is that Matt had moved beyond that level of arm wrestler, and he was seen as um, almost a, a pseudo poster child underneath the Devons and the Michael Todds, and his popularity is is huge. So I know Matt was going through some things and uh, personally that would have had an effect on his performance. Um, I don't know if it hurt him necessarily as much as we think it does because if you look online, the fans of the World Arm Wrestling League are still calling for Matt Mask.
2: Um, oh, how can you not love him, though? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Matt is such an... Entertain- We're going to come to this uh, shortly, mm-hmm. but... If you're looking for entertainment, Matt Mask is just an absolute thriller to watch. I mean, I'm not sure there's any sport that that man couldn't do and make it intense. You know, you play Connect Four with that dude; it's it's just an exciting game.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Every what time it did he hits do, four, the board goes through the goddamn window. And you know, <laughs> what it did do when
3: Matt went outside there, though, is it made people take notice of some other athletes and their stock has gone up tremendously. Like uh, The opportunities that have now been offered to Passmore and Withers yeah. uh, are much higher and much greater than had they not had their performance against Matt Mask, it might mm-hmm.
2: Unfortunately, ladies and gents, we got to pause there for a short break, but please, do not go anywhere. Get up, get yourself a brew, take a few, then get back on a pew. We'll be back with more from Ryan Espy, Ryan Bowen. And Rob Vigent Jr. in Two Ticks. Welcome back to the show, guys. If you're just joining us, I have got three great guests tonight. Ryan Espy of Canada, Rob Vigent Jr. from the United States of America, and we also have got the ginger ninja, Ryan Bowen, is back on the show from Australia. Let's get back to it. Now, Wayne Withers, obviously that's a guy who's done very well in the Buffalo Wild Wings series as well. I think he's been out winning quite a few of those. So, uh, a guy who's a lot of talk about, big man, very big guy. And um, I wanted to sort of, Rob, you know a little bit about Wayne.
1: I don't. I know that from what I've seen and guys he's beat in tournaments he's been in just from cruising YouTube. I mean he's he's had a fair deal of success in the past. Uh, I'd say year. I don't know how long he's been active, but I think he's come more to prominence uh, via YouTube and winning tournaments. Probably in the past year, I've really noticed him. I think one of the things that started to open eyes was kind of how he handled Herman Stevens and Herman Mm. Stevens, though he's a much lighter guy. I think that every arm wrestler on the planet, uh, no matter how big they are, gives him a level of respect Uh, because we know in this game, there are those uh, arm wrestlers who come and weights not really, doesn't doesn't have as it's not as much of a factor for some of the the freaky guys and i think mm-hmm. herman was put in that box as a freaky guy that could pull with the heavyweights so i think what really kind of catapulted wayne in the beginning was how he handled uh herman and then so on and so forth and you know he's he's one of the majority of events he's been in i know he's had problems with a style like uh mike aiello has seems to have his number but uh yeah uh I just know he looks like a big guy, strong, strong post, strong top role. Uh, but beyond that, I don't really know
2: too much. Well, it was interesting. I was, I was sort of um, trying to play catch up after it. Funny enough, actually, I, I had a Ryan contacted me. I, Ryan Espy contacted me on. Uh, on uh, social media the the other day on Messenger and asked a couple of questions. And I said, oh, I haven't caught... He he commented, you alluded to one of the shows that you'd run recently, Ryan, which I haven't seen. And um, some of the comments on there. And I tried to catch that up while I was in my car. It had Joel on there and um, Joel Hudik. And in between sort of the the signal dropping in and out, I caught some of the conversation there. And a lot of it was around the fact that the selection or the criteria for, for selection within World Arm Wrestling League... Um, Oh, we got Ryan Bowen just dropped out, but I'm sure he'll be back in in a moment. Yeah, one of the selection criteria there was around how noisy guys were, how elaborate they were, how intense they were, and that that shouldn't really be a consideration. And that was the view held by two of the guys on the call. Ryan, you were on a very different page to that, and you actually made that point, which I happen to agree with. You made the point that that... that wasn't founded. Now, you know, I, I and, and I know one of the athletes there that was being spoken about was, was Chafee. Um, and Chafee is a rock strong arm wrestler, but he's obviously an arm wrestler that that tends to let his uh, his actions at the table do the talking. And I think yeah. the big the big point that was put across there was, you know, th- there's no need to make a show. There's no need to sort of uh, be an entertaining arm wrestler, be an entertaining puller at all. It should just all be about the athletes, the actual beauty of the match itself. But, you know, what I'd like to say in response to that is, if you follow that through uh, in different walks of life, then, you know, Harold Lloyd and Charlie Chaplin are still fucking superstars. You know what I mean? It's just... <laughs> well, I mean, it's, Steve Kaplan said it
3: best when you, when he talks to everybody before the events he doesn't tell anyone to go out there and put on a show he says be you but be the biggest you you can possibly be and there needs to be a story and some entertainment behind what we're seeing as well and people tune in for that stuff it's not necessarily just based on talent now Chafee is an anomaly because he's achieved such a high level that uh, he doesn't want to get into the talking and all that stuff and that's fine because he what he's achieved will carry him into these larger matches but he's clearly uh, uncomfortable when it comes to being put in situations on social media or uh, behind a microphone and all that kind of stuff. And that's okay too. But if you're going to say that based on you know this guy that won this tournament somewhere in the middle of the United States because he beat some good guys should be in the WAL, well, there's there's 150 of those guys waiting.
2: And if I ask Mm. the question of everybody on the call, and we'll start with Rob, if you look at um, the viewership of combat sports, of strength sports, right, and you think to yourself, okay, we've got a promotion, and that's what World Arm Wrestling League is, that's what Professional Arm Wrestling League is, um, all of the the promotions in arm wrestling that, that are targeted at being formally or primarily a promotion a business, something that is looking to generate interest and eyeballs on the sport of arm wrestling. Ultimately, the purpose of that is to get people watching to get interest wider and deeper than the existing audience and participants in the sport. Is that a fair comment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's why you're putting it out there. I mean, there's those people who put it out there solely for content and the arm wrestler aficionado who doesn't need any of the uh, loudness or excitement? But I do think that the people that are on WAL—they're not ordained with some uh, special treatment because they're loud and act crazy, and they're not really uh, spurred on to act crazy. I just think that they happen to have—they happen to have a crop of really good arm wrestlers that are really happen to be on the dynamic edge Mm -hmm. um and i think that that is overall the league's interest i mean if they can have a dynamic arm wrestler say like devin as opposed to you said chafee you're getting a high level elite athlete but one of them plays more to the suit that they're what they're trying to put out there
2: yeah and and the funny thing is, the other day myself and Ryan uh, Ryan Espy got into this and, and the thing that always makes me sort of smile to myself is that whilst anyone on this call and hundreds of other arm wrestlers who are in the thick of the game, we can all sit there as arm wrestlers and we can name and identify a massive amount of pullers in every weight class. If you sit there and give it your time and energy – I could literally name you, and I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of arm wrestlers that are, based on that criteria, very deserving, very deserving of a slot, okay? But ultimately, what we're looking at here is that it's a North American promotion, primarily. Second to that, you have got, at this stage, six cards per annum, of which... One is a finale event, a finals event. Okay, So it's a culmination of what's taken place in the other five. So you've also got five weight categories, three for ladies, three for men. So you're in a situation where at the end of the year, uh, you're looking at having 30 matches. Yep. So five matches per class.
1: Yep.
3: And that... it's, it's a very small elite group of guys that gets selected to go into these matches. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all things right. considered, if you got, if you have two guys that are equally deserving, but one of them is way more dynamic and entertainment entertaining and is active on social media, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense that that guy gets the call, right? Sure. Because well, let me, uh, let me you just
1: interject here for
2: a second. Sure.
1: Do you know what just... I mean, you're over there across the pond, but do you know what the number one most viewed thing here in North America is? And it, and it holds top eight of the top ten spots. Wrestling. Right fake okay, wrestling. I got it. <laughs> now, about 80% of that wrestling, which is fake, it's not like Greco-Roman wrestling. But we're talking about not the,
2: the, the, the WWE.
1: Yeah. It, that holds eight. Of the top 10 spots, or at least last time I heard or checked, I mean, it, it blows everything out of the water for viewership. That shows you where this country is. I mean, when people like The Rock with the people's pepperoni blowing up all over the world, and and where would we be without the Ric Flair's or the Macho Man Randy Savages? 90% of what they did was bullshit. I mean, 100% of what they do is, but that gives you an idea of what people want to see. That gets more views than football it gets more views than tv series because people like a level of character and drama and if you could take a sporting event and pepper it with a little bit of that i'm not so much a fan of the fake but if you can get people that are natural characters as ryan said people that are of a kind of a similar caliber or questionable but you got one guy that is a fucking lunatic or another guy that's really articulate and can, you know, portray their thoughts. That's better than the guy who's a strong mutant. That's going to stutter and, you know, can't even look at the camera or, you know, geek out.
2: Yeah, I agree entirely. And, and one that's thing, the unfortunate can...
1: fact. I mean, that's just, the, that's where we are and where WAL is giving these arm wrestlers opportunities. The reason these opportunities are, are coming is because they're trying to blow it up through a production sense.
2: Absolutely. And, and you're in a situation I love where, I love sorry, go go, Ryan. I, I
0: love which what I've Ryan been are you talking? In, <laughs> in the last sort of, the last sort of six months, I've noticed that the roster of WAL athletes are they're getting a better understanding there, and they're starting to build their own brand a lot more outside of the league as well. Which I think is a tremendous thing for for creating value within the WAL. Um, I, I like, for instance, I saw Adam Wilmot the other day. Do some alter ego thing, talking as though he was the Angry Bird, the psycho version of Adam Wilmot. And to me, I, I love that he absolutely hammered me in it as well because he didn't like the prediction I gave him last year against Jeff. But those sorts of things, if people are comfortable doing those sorts of things and they are actually enjoying it, and people are realizing that WAL, it's not, as we've said, it's 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 arm wrestling ability first and foremost, but plus marketability. Equals the overall value and the impact that you're going to make for the business and the brand and the sport globally. So, the more that we all understand that, and with platforms like the internet all that, it's it's getting easier to
3: do it. So, mm-hmm. I like what I'm saying.
0: Probably and, Ryan Espey, absolutely you absolutely. had
2: something to add on that, mate.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's not like those guys like Chafee is going to go over there and be wildly successful. I mean, his next year is planned, win or lose, he's going to be continuing on in that series. Um, but there is a path. Like, the guys that are wanting into the WAL, I understand why they want in. But it's not like there's a lack of competitive arm wrestling at the highest levels. If you don't ever want to be in that spotlight or you prefer tournament arm wrestling, there are opportunities and paths through that all over the world. And on the flip side of that, I mean, there's the anomalies. Like, when Gabriella Vasconcelos got called to compete in the WAL, was it because of her raw arm wrestling ability or was it because of her presence on social media
2: you know what I can answer that question Uh, it was through her raw arm wrestling ability and the fact that she is representative of the absolute elite elite level in the ladies um, divisions uh, uh, in the heavyweight ladies and also has as part and parcel of that I think the girl is a superstar I mean She's a she's a there are very few people more endearing than Gabriela Vasconcelos. Well, let's if, put,
1: let's on put something Gabriela. on that, too. Let's put a little something on that. Gabriela basically needed Sarah to enter that event. If Sarah yes. wasn't in that event, there would be no Gabriella because you needed a Lex Luthor for Superman. You needed somebody that was on that level because you're not going to bring in somebody. You needed someone, really the superstar of that series was Sarah. But we brought in somebody that was equal to try to bring the best out of Sarah, and what happened was the best Gabrielos showed up and shocked everybody.
2: We'll be back with more from Ryan Espy, Ryan Bowen, and Rob Vigent Jr. in 2-6. Welcome back to the show, guys. If you're just joining us, I have got three great guests tonight. Ryan Espy of Canada, Rob Vigent Jr. from the United States of America, and we also have got the ginger ninja, Ryan Bowen, is back on the show from Australia. Let's get back to it. You know the funny thing, uh, Rob? Firstly, you make a absolutely pertinent point. That's bang on the money in a lot of ways. In that... A lot of the people that get into the World Arm Wrestling League, what you, people always say, what do you need to get into? What do I need to do? You need to get out there. You need to win. You need to prove your legitimacy or validity, but you also need a perfect storm. You need to have the match present itself. That, that opportunity, that golden ticket where there's a match that is, number one, on paper, a very, very good match to watch that generates interest, and it's no different in any combat sport or in any sport, you know. Um, that is critical the other thing was with the Sarah and Gabby situation it was that you had a star in Sarah who had the opportunity to elevate the ladies uh classes and the, the the bigger ladies classes particularly but also you had a sleeping giant in terms of her star potential in Gabriella. so you take what you've got with with Sarah and it's matched in all areas by Gabby Gabby's equally as good if not better on the arm wrestling table she's certainly at that level um, she's a wonderful person just the most endearing person possible if you speak to Gabriela Vasconcelos in a in a, you know at a, at a main draw arm wrestling competition you spend 5 minutes with that girl she's a great person just a lovely endearing good-hearted top class lady she's a pretty girl she's got everything packed on she is absolutely a st- you know and in terms of um the the issues for gabriella and sarah in that division the problem becomes how many girls have you got to make matches with them who the hell you know you've like five of them in the world if that and that's the lonely place of
1: of when you get to a spot and you get too good they fail to be able to make Entertaining matches. Mm -hmm. There is a a sweet spot, I think, with WAL as well, which is being what being on the show and being good enough to mix with a lot of people. But if you're not good enough to mix, they don't you don't fit the bill because your matches aren't good. If you're too good and your matches aren't good, they don't they don't put you in. And which you know we see a guy like we'll say um, Mike Solaris, who's had years of being. You know, when I first got in, Mike was probably the best 200-pounder behind John Brzenk. And uh, in the past years, he's mixed really well with a lot of people, which is why I think we've seen him in just as many WL cards as anybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they look at, like you said, match potential as well. And you. I think you can get into the WAL by being an elite arm wrestler and not having some of the other components we talked about as long as it will tell a story and uh create a rivalry with somebody else on the roster. I mean if Danny Tesh started blazing a trail, I don't think he needs to be as dynamic personality wise if it creates the right storyline and anticipation with whoever he's
2: going against. Yeah, I think in the you know that you've got an exceptional circumstance in Danny Tesh that, you know, well obviously he's omnipotent. <laughs> but outside of that Danny says she's that one guy that doesn't need to make a noise because very, very few people can actually show up at the place, walk across the river in his bare feet and then go to the arm wrestling competition. Just not a lot of people can do that. We love you,
3: I Danny. Think that's, I think that's part of his mystique is that the guy basically yeah. seems to live off the grid and then shows up and uh, dominates and goes back to wherever he's from. Yeah,
2: Yeah, well, yeah
1: I think you, you need know, balance. I don't think everybody has to be a, a big personality. I do think that the people will identify with, you know, the, the the quiet deep thinker. And we're all there to arm wrestle, and a lot of us have ways of approaching it. And sometimes people like the dynamic person, and they'll, you'll get a whole trough of people that think like, "Well, you just shut the fuck up already." I mean, you get those too. People, people. There's different strokes for different folks, and I think they all tell a story. But I mean. We didn't get our name pulled out of a lottery hat here. I mean, well, let's look at two it, examples. So many okay. spots.
2: If you look at those two examples, and 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 then chime in on what you think, guys. Let's take the examples of Dave Chafee, who is in obviously the super heavyweight division. He's in that rare air where there's very few people can match with him, but he's a quiet. Like uh, lives off the grid like you say he doesn't want to be on podcast shows we approached him he didn't want to come on here um, he doesn't want to do interviews and yet he is without any question one of the strongest super heavyweight arm wrestlers breathing, the man is an animal then you've got Danny Tesh who is a very similar guy in terms of the fact he keeps himself to himself he's a humble, respectful, super strong dude, but then you look at those two guys and their potential within the World Arm Wrestling League or any promotion one of them in Dave Chafee has an absolute sprinkling of potential opponents, a very very thin layer of guys that can do anything with him slow him down in any way, match with him in any way. And then once you've exhausted those options, it becomes very, very difficult to find him a match. Danny Tesh, joking aside, matches well with so many guys I mean you, you can you can match Danny uh, straight off the top of my head you think about Danny Tesh versus Froda Haugland and you know it's just a potential barn burner and the list goes on and on and on you can throw in so many guys who could come in and because of the style that Danny Arm wrestles in I mean even yourself Ryan to be honest Ryan Bowen and Danny that could be a blinder I know you're from the same country but you know what I'm saying? There's so yeah. many options. So you're very, very different characters, that's, Dave. That's good very good different oppositions in Dave and, and Danny.
0: We, we with Danny yet to climb the ladder where Dave has or, already done it. And and given like you said, we've only got only got five matches per weight class in a whole season, it's it's difficult to tell enough of a story for someone like Dave who's already at the top where where the the story of Danny is is, is truly an interesting one, even though he as you said, he's silent. And it's, it's that silence that people relate to. And the, the unwavering confidence of the entire Australian arm wrestling scene behind Danny is the story. As uh, the, the fact that we have such confidence that he's going to be able to go so far is, is, is the story in itself that I think works with WAL. And for Dave, it's, it's it's tricky, though. Like, obviously, top eight for him is something that he's gone over. And interestingly, I, I spoke to Mazarenko when I was at Zodi, and he's Igor straight away said that he he doesn't consider WAL a rival. He said that he loves what WAL does. It's it's building the sport globally in a different entertainment based way. Um, so the it was feeling is mutual. He,
2: Absolutely, yeah. we would re- reciprocate that. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The feeling is mutual within World. Of- we are not in any way. Uh, we don't feel like we're opposing, uh, like we're a, a competitor of professional arm wrestling league we feel like they were almost united with them in many ways in that we're both representative of the highest level of arm wrestling there are some differences there but both of us are trying to showcase the sport we all love to the best of our ability and ryan espy is in an unusual situation which we just spoke about because ryan's probably more in fact if everybody on the call Ryan's probably more distant in some respects because it's fair to say that on your right arm, Ryan, you've got a lot more match opportunities than you do on your left because your left number one, you're in the super heavyweight division so you're already in that sort of extreme weight class where it's populated at the higher levels by physical giants of which you're one Um, but also you've got a really really, really good left arm Well, I appreciate you saying that,
3: Neil. I I wanted to... uh, Yeah, it's a difficult situation, and I think... I just want to go back to the Tesh uh, comparison with Chafee. Maybe Mm -hmm. with Chafee, it's familiarity. Like, we all know Dave. We kind of know everything about him. He was dragged into some uh, back-and-forth trash talk kind of stuff, mostly directed to him from his opponent. But... I think what this is all kind of coming down to and Rob has said the word and Ryan has said the word is there needs to be a story behind it. People need to care and we need to give them a reason to care about the match that's about to happen. So when you have like a Conor McGregor character, everyone wants to fight him because it will be the biggest payday they've ever had because people care about what's going to happen. And whether you love a guy or you hate a guy you will probably tune in and watch. If you're indifferent towards a guy, you may not. So realistically, what that was, that was, what was, Ryan that Bowen was Muhammad Ali's
1: today. mantra. That was that was Muhammad Ali's mantra for years. You know, half the people tuned in to see if he could back up his shit. Half the people wanted mm-hmm. to see if he was the great. And then, uh, you know, just as many people wanted to see him lose as the ones who wanted to parade him.
2: Yeah. So Ryan, you're you're sort of missing an opportunity. I was just going to say, in some respects, in that with obviously your uh, gathering momentum over there in Australia, it's almost trying to put a put a put an arm around Danny a little bit and try and expose his abilities a little bit more closer to home. Footage job him training this kind of, or if not that, you can just show up at a beach, watch him surf without a board, heal, heal a crippled kangaroo, and, uh, you know, surfing a shark. Thousand people at a at an Aussie barbecue. One of those things.
0: That, that is an amazing, amazing guy. And I, I, I know that I, that, that he we are chalk and cheese. Like getting that man on a camera, I've tried to get that man on a camera so many times that he
3: just won't do it. Uh, he, just, he just flat out won't do it. Hmm. And, and, that, that's and, kind of one of the things I like about him is, you know, kill yeah. him off the camera. Let him show up once in a while yeah. and just destroy people and then fade back into the background.
2: Yeah, there's
1: that, definitely... That's what he does. But here's 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 the problem with that, with that whole thing is that story is a great story as long as he continues to win because the sporting world is very unforgiving. And if you take a person that's kind of flat and mysterious and now you start throwing losses to them, they get forgotten real fast. They're only good if they show up like some dark fucking you know, uh, curse or plague and just decimate people and go away. But if you show up like this dark, mysterious person and get throttled, now no one gives a shit
2: oh sad times and the suspense may kill us but we gotta bring part one of this phenomenal episode to a close and pick it up next week ladies and gentlemen I wanna thank my guests in the first part of tonight's show Ryan Espy the Canadian giant I wanna thank the hammer holder Rob Vigent Jr. of the United States of America and the man people love to hate Ryan Bowen All the way from the land down under. As always, I also want to say a big thank you to all of you. Thanks, guys, for taking your time to tune in and check us out. And we hope you'll do it again, same time, next time, right here on the World Arm Wrestling League This Week with myself, Neil Pickham. Take it easy, peeps.